Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak, and I'm very excited to have guest co-host Andrew T. here today. I didn't realize I was going to be first. Hi, I'm back. What's up? (laughs) And our very special guest, Jenny Yang. Hey! (laughs) Who I just met like five minutes ago. I'm... I'm so excited. Immediate that you best friends. Yes. <laughs> I've already taken a selfie. Okay. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Um, so let's just let's just put your stats on the board. Are you single in a relationship? I am single. What are you looking for, Jenny? Oh my God! Is this like, <laughs> this is how we start the podcast, huh? Yes. We're- Gosh, um, I'm looking for someone who is incredibly smart. Um, kind of generally physically active, mm-hmm. has similar and highly overlapping politics as I do, cares about social justice mm-hmm. and intersectional feminism, and can understand that I'm an extroverted lady who's also a performer and a, uh, a, a self-employed creative. So yeah, I feel like all of that is a very specific you know, specific to me. Yeah. Specific to a subset of my friends. Uh-huh. Right. Who kind of do all these different things. It doesn't make you a regular a regular Joe 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 Jane on uh, on the Tinder or the OK Cupid. You that know what makes I mean? Sense. It it really does it. Yeah. Uh, it really it's a good sorting mechanism to kind of put all that stuff out there. I just realized I'm I'm single for the first time uh not having a nine to five and i think that's a thing that's different it it's is. Different. and i didn't it realize that because i i i had like a like a day job for mm-hmm. ever like all through my 20s oh yeah and so i didn't yeah that's a thing yeah do you guys oh. typically date like fellow creatives um no not necessarily yeah probably not What's your dating? <laughs> What's your dating history? Like, um, who- I tend to date because I used to work in politics. Uh-huh. So I tend to date people who might kind of work in that area. Uh-huh. With like a full-time job. Ah. Yeah. Like nonprofit. Yeah, type, or labor yeah. union or for mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I dated a, an actor one time and he was awesome. We dated for a little bit, but it was just not it was it, I was it was kind of part of why we broke up, not the entire reason. But um, there's a level of competitiveness that can happen. Oh, for sure. When you're both creatives, uh. I feel like. And so I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't count out dating a fellow creative, um, nor a fellow comedic performer. But I think if I do, I would need to know that they're sort of really confident in themselves uh-huh. and know how to communicate. That's really real. You know what I'm I, saying? Like my, I feel yeah. like sure, I, I'd be down to date anyone who's just awesome and cool mm-hmm. and compatible. But you know, like if you're gonna be also pursuing comedy, I gotta not have weirdness. Yeah. You know, and it's gotta be chill. 
<laughs> I, I know yeah. people that have broken uh, a fair amount of friends that have broken up for that reason where yeah. one or the other of them will you know are you talking about Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris <laughs> yes my best my friend. best friend <laughs> <laughs> too soon oh probably that was me R.I.P. <laughs> that is sad Pratt Ferris right but we all knew it was coming but it's still sad that, oh uh, man see what's what's sad about that is that as like public onlookers you kind of start getting those inklings when one person star shoots really high up yeah, yeah. you know and you're like starring in like huge CBS's blockbusters oh, supermodel right. sorry it's not supermodel well super uh, superhero movies oh yeah I mean I feel like that's the next stratosphere you know what I'm saying and he buffed up his body exactly he so lost the like, baby he, fat he, yeah mm. he was perfectly attractive how he was and then he had to get all fucking for us he did it for us though I guess <laughs> I know that's I I uh, uh, two friends of mine just got married who are both writers and I remember early on in their relationship the th- I was like you guys are perfect for each other, but the one thing that could conceivably make this not work uh-huh. is career. Oh, yeah. It's just whatever weirdness that is. Yeah, and I think just, you know, in like a straighty, a straighty, straighty hetero relationship mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you need a guy who is really comfortable with yeah. themselves yeah. or else sometimes, you know, you don't, because I don't want to, I think, I think so many women, straight women especially, like to like, We've been taught to like, you know, dampen our luster or just not shine too much uh-huh. in order to be, a, you know, to, to attract mm. straight guys. This is like from like adolescence, you know, when you like giggle at dumb jokes uh-huh. that don't make sense and you're like, <laughs> but that way they'll like us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, you know, I feel like most of my adulthood was like yeah. undoing that, you know, undoing that feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't hold back. You know, I should be. Yeah. I should be myself. But that's just me. That's my experience. You no, know? it's I I've dated one comedian seriously. Yeah. And an actor when I was doing that. And it was actually less so with the actor when and we were both acting at the same time, but with the comedian. And I was just a baby writer at the time. Yeah. There was definitely some weird stuff. A little bit both ways, but like Yeah. He was definitely like, What's she gonna blossom into? <laughs> this mm. is maybe <laughs> Yeah. Still growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I you know, I used to have like a full time job and like I know what that's like to kind of be a nine uh-huh. to fiver. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I feel like that's a really good point too, with like it's already a fucked up dynamic with jobs between like traditionally with men and women. Like yes. women are always asked to already asked to subsume their frankly every desire most of the time <laughs> but job stuff job stuff good especially, answer Andrew. job stuff especially you know what i mean so it's like in in a place that's competitive yep and yeah oh that's dark especially you know if, if it's like the work you do is a perf- is a performance aspect mm-hmm. to it like if there's a you know, I have a public persona. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah. gross that I describe myself that way, mm-hmm. but like, no, that's really the best. The night you could say brand. Yeah, oh, that'd be grosser, right? That'd be grosser. I have a public persona. You know, I like, you know, like I'm, I, I'm, I live on online. I live uh-huh. on social media. You are a host of a show. This is a public facing, you know, uh, side of me, and so I feel like um, whoever I date needs to accept that too. 
Mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as not being like an annoying comedian where like I have to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think dating me is awesome and not annoying. Right. But like that is a thing, you know, like when I show up to an event, it's kind of a work event and it's like, you know, oh, yeah. there's a difference. You have to you know? behave as such. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I'm not like on on, but it's like, yeah, like I'm going to like give attention to different people because that's what the event is for, right? Right. So, I mean, these this, that's literally what I do. I go to events and I go to things so that, like, people will support me and I can make a living. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, my business. This is an interesting... So, uh, do you ever find when you are in a relationship... Uh, I don't... Is it ever... Do you think it's advantageous to you to be single in this industry? I don't think of it as an either-or thing. Okay. At all. I think of it as... Do you am, know what I'm saying? I totally would know what you mean, but I think from from my perspective, uh-huh. um, the way I frame it is like, how do I be happy as a person? And having love is very important For to me. For sure. Right? That's great. And yeah. so, you know, and I think that's the thing too. It's like, as much as like I listed like, these are the things that are like what I look for and like someone who understands mm-hmm. this aspect of me. Um, when I'm into someone, when I'm dating someone, I make time for them. Like, unlike a classic recovering overachiever, where like I know what it's like to like be on top of my schedule, uh-huh. right? But now that I'm also creative and I'm writing or whatever, I also have a lot of uninterrupted time so that I can do that stuff, right? Right. But but and people will perceive me to be like a busy person, which I am. But like if I'm with someone, if I have friends, like I'm a person who also like makes time for my friends and I make time for personal. Totally. Life. So yeah, so it's a little like. On the one hand, I do this stuff, but I also live my life almost as if I have the structure of a nine-to-five job, yeah. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I do feel like I, I have a sense of agency around my schedule. So, you know, a sense of agency, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, if I like you, it's like, yo, I might be traveling, but when we get back, when I get back. Right. Or maybe you come on this little end part of it or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So that happens. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a planner. I make shit happen. So... <laughs> You know, how do you, how are you meeting people right now? Oh my God. Um, in general, I kind of, when I'm not exclusive with someone, uh-huh. I'm generally on a dating app or two. Uh-huh. What's your favorite? <laughs> well, I was on Tinder for a little bit and then I was like, ah, fuck it. It's like too impersonal. Oh really? Yeah. I know other people have found success on it, but, um, okay. Cupid's fun. Uh-huh. You know, I feel like I'm in my thirties and it's like, um, I'm definitely a little more serious yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think um, I'm open to even the more serious ones at this point. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But OkCupid has been a very, has been a mainstay. Well, it, okay, I never did OkCupid, but you're like stating up front like what you're looking for. And it's not like Tinder and just like, here's my picture and, and maybe like, a blurb about totally. me. You're saying like, I'm looking for something serious or... Cat, right? Generally, yeah. I mean, but then there's also people who use OkCupid to hook up. So like they totally. just put like or find in threesome there. people. Totally. Oh yeah. Where it's like a photo of their abs. I think it's mostly just that the OkCupid profile's really long, so it just takes a lot of work. Yes. That's, I mean, you don't have to fill the whole thing out, but I, guess, I like it. Yeah. I read. I. I it's like too much writing, write. frankly. I mean, and you're a writer, bro. Yeah, I don't like that. Part. I know. Same with me. I was intimidated by it, so I never I signed like, up. I was just like this. Yeah, all I can handle is the three pictures. Totally. And I feel like, you know, I've definitely helped my girlfriends over the years, like, with their profiles. Because, uh-huh. like, I don't know. Like, I feel like to be good, quote, unquote, good at OkCupid and fill that stuff out, it's almost like you have to be a good, like, online marketer. Like, ah. if you're good at online marketing, like, mm. writing copy for, like, 
an online presence. That's amazing. You can just apply the same skills. So I, I just do that to my shit. Mm-hmm. And I do that for my friends. I literally would be like, because my friends will be like that too. Like, oh, it's so intimidating. I'm like, don't worry, girl. Let's do this. Let's get some <laughs> drinks. Let's pull out the laptop. And I will na- I will summarize you. I will tell your story. Let's do this. You are recovering over it. I am. <laughs> Would you find it as easy to do that for it's your... It's fun to me, though. It's fun for me. I totally... Right, because to me, it's writing. It's creative. It's like being like, I'll meet you, and I'll be like, I'll just ask you some questions. Yeah. And I'll, like, frame it, hopefully, in an entertaining way. Yeah. You know, that's uh, not too wordy, and that gets the point across. Do you find it as... Love it. Easy to do that for yourself as for other people. I feel like I could do it for someone else. Yes. Really easily. Yeah. I don't I, like doing it for myself. I, you mean, know I mean, I yeah, I've I've worked on writing my stuff. Yeah. I'm a yeah. stand-up comedian too, so all I do is like talk about right. myself. So it's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of get used to how to how do you kind of describe yourself, but <laughs> I got you? I got a writer's bio kicked back to me from my manager. It was like you have to say good stuff about yourself. <laughs> Yes, that is always a you can't, you can't do this bullshit. I when like, I tell people right, to fine. send me their bios, I'm always like, send me something that's braggy. Yeah. Like, so that ah. they get, like, it's almost like people need permission to do that. For real, because you always feel like such an asshole to yeah. your own horn. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> also, if you ever need a side business, you should do this OkCupid okay, thing. Just yeah. Go. yeah. <laughs> or it's fun for me. Think about that and then write a hitch reboot. About <laughs> doing people's social can media. Can I just get you to write it? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, I'll write anything. Just doing deals I'm, here. I'm I know. Are we making a deal here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Okay, keep it solid. That's where you're finding the best guys. I don't know about best guys, but that's where I have. I've also met guys in real life, but definitely like okay, keep it. I would been... think you do. You're like so active and. Yeah, I meet a lot of people, but I don't know if I meet people. It's all like comedy circles or Asian American uh-huh. circles. And sometimes it branches out. And I have met people who are like right. on the edges of it. But I just kind of see the same people. And then when I do travel for, for stand-up, it's like I'm just in a city for not too long. Right. Or if it's like college and college students, I'm like, I'm not trying to troll the college students. Right. Being all anti to them, like anti-Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. I think it depends. Like, I've definitely met people on OkCupid who knew me before. Ah. And then they were like, hey, you're Jenny. Yeah. Remember? Um, and it's like, oh, yeah. So oh, I've man. gone on dates with those to those people. It is the thing with uh, events, work type events. It's like mm-hmm. you, you don't necessarily want to show where you eat. Exactly. And uh, you, yeah, you keep running into the same people over and over again. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing, Courtney, that you brought up earlier about the possibility that being a single woman in Hollywood is somehow could be seen as advantageous or whatever. Like, there's also that gross because we're in the world's grossest industry where it's like, <laughs> where, where you're like, you know, like social stuff and business stuff elides. Yes. Yes. And there's all kinds of shit where you're like, is this a date or a meeting? Yes. Like, no, there is that thing. Gross. There's that thing that as yeah. a single straight woman, if, you know, and men do this too, but I mean, flirting is a way of connecting with people. That happens. Yeah. You know, and so I think the the, the mystique of availability sometimes is mm-hmm. good if people know that don't know that you're hitched or not, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely know that that, that is at play. You know, because you're flirting, right? I mean, the way you described earlier, when you're like, 
interacting with people and like you're there it's you're kind of flirting with everyone everyone we all are yeah you're just getting to know you're just making friends you know what i mean you're like hey give me your energy i have some too yeah does our energy align and then you're like maybe we'll make something together maybe we'll fuck we don't know right right (laughs) that's like that's like what ends up happening because so much of it is like how do you decide to like partner with someone or Mm -hmm. both for creative stuff or Mm -hmm. personal stuff it is a lot of just vibes yeah so you're just sharing vibes bro (laughs) <laughs> just sharing vibes and then and then like if all of a sudden going back to sort of maybe what you were asking earlier like if you are single and they know that then people sometimes will feel more comfortable still mm-hmm. vibing with you right mm-hmm. even if they're like really truly thinking there's a concrete possibility or not just yes. the option you, totally mm-hmm. people like that people like the 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 Feels sort of allure yeah. no but it happens <laughs> like people like the allure of like oh this what could go this, this way yeah. or uh-huh. this could go this way. I don't know. Who knows, right? Yeah. People, it's just the sort of, it's like the possibility of new shiny things. Yeah. And that's what I think people kind of thrive on in the work that we do anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. But, you know, I think it's just different because I come from politics, which is similar in a lot of ways, but like not because uh. it's just way more serious. You know what I mean? And you have to be professional Whereas in like yeah. entertainment and Wildly like industry stuff, it's like out the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if someone is quote unquote professional in the like capital P sense, you're like, whoa, you're like super special. Like in entertainment, you're like, where did you come from? Right, right. How did you learn to be so respectful? <laughs> you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're a keeper. <laughs> That's so funny. Isn't that gross? It's like you our, our expectations are totally different. Can I can I ask a question that is probably me overthinking stuff and or overthinking everything? Um, do you guys find like that the Hollywood hug really sexist? Like what Hollywood ooh, hug? explain. Because you only hug people of the opposite gender most of the oh. time. Is that tr- well I feel like women kinda Oh really? It depends on the I, woman, but Alright, here's here's the thing that this is either me like overthinking it and trying too hard. No. Or this is the right thing. Especially because I when I have podcast guests on, I, I'm trying to hug the men. <laughs> I'm just like, but it's hard for you? No, I do it usually, but I'm just He's I'm, trying to like create some equality. But I I'm love just like because it's like I can't you can't like not hug the women because then that becomes a thing because of the expectations. Right. So it's like, all right, we're hugging everyone. Yeah. We're fucking hugging Equal everyone. Equal opportunity yeah. hugger. That's kind Andrew of where T. I'm at on the hugging, but I do feel like there is more of an expectation that women are gonna hug regardless. I yeah. automatically hug Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Coming in the door. But I mean like uh yeah. I, I think it depends, right? Like, everyone's figuring this stuff out. Right. And even, like, the version, the approach I've taken on now is um, because I'm around a lot of people who work in, like, I don't know, political stuff or, like, sexuality and, and feminist mm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, consent is really big. Right. Or, like, even, like, interculturally, like, you know, learning about Muslim women and then the fact uh-huh. that you actually should ask, for, like, you probably shouldn't hug a Muslim woman. Is that true? Yeah. It's like a thing. Oh, I didn't know Unless that. Unless maybe they maybe lunge in for it and mm-hmm. that's how they practice. But sometimes it's better to just like put your hand over your heart and just be like, good to meet you rather than to like ask for a hug. There's like stuff like that that I learned through my work. Right. Where, or like, like in terms of like even like consent culture, right? Where you want to ask about touch uh-huh. in general. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'm definitely much more sensitized to that. So if I meet someone new and they're clearly open to hugging, mm-hmm. I, I, I would, I'm fine with hugging. Um, but I definitely, especially if it's like with another woman, it's fine. With men, it's like I try to keep a little more of a distance mm. anyway. But then mm-hmm. if like a woman lunges in for a hug, I'm like, okay, cool. But like I've totally said no to men hugging me. Mm. Like where I'm just like, oh, hey, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I but, but I definitely have started to practice that a little more where I'm just like, oh, I want to give you a hug. Or can I give you a hug? I just say that. And it's like. I, I love that. Right? And it's not we don't weird. know where everyone. You don't know. You what really everyone's don't. past have been like. and You really don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I just say, oh, can I give you a hug? Or I would love to give you a hug and just see what they say before I do it. But I've had like. You know, rando guys like after performances come up and like grab me by the waist and be like, "Oh, sweetie, you are so funny!" Like, oh god, were you watching? (laughs) I'm like gross. I'm like, yeah. This is like a. This was actually in in recently at this at Sundance. We were just well, we weren't talking about it, but I was performing for this retreat, and then it just so happens that there was this like theater lab that they were doing there, uh-huh. and there's all these like amazing like directors and actors and oh, theater cool. people, and they came and watched our show, and it was like, oh my god, it's so nice to like perform for other amazing performers and creatives, and then like one of the people who's like an older actor, I totally recognized him, like rolled up, and it's like totally like a dude power thing. Oh, right. that's when it's problematic. Yeah. yeah. That's I feel like it's... they do that. Like guys do that. Older men or like more powerful industry men will do that. What's that's the answer? Gross. We just wait for them to go. No, I like sh- like shove their arm away. Shove their arm away. Oh yeah, it's weird. Yeah. What other stuff uh, does your work make you more aware of? Just in like dating or challenges that it presents because you're. A super feminist, political, stand-up Totally, yeah. I mean, I feel like my politics is a really important part of me. Uh And I've tried, you know, going on dates with men who are, like, probably just, like, open-minded, but, like, not particularly political. But, you know, for whatever reason or another, it might not go anywhere. Uh Or, you know, it's hard because it's, like, on so many things, I have very strong opinions. You know? It just limits the dating pool. Sometimes, yeah. And especially on race, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to not date white guys for the longest time just really? because I felt like it would be easier politically in other ways to like just date men of color. It's not like I wasn't attracted to white guys. Um, and then in the last few years, I like, like let myself date white guys. That's been an education. That's so interesting. Just because, like, what was the exact reason? Just um, You know, I was a huge like student activist and like, you know, You're just like, why would I date an oppressor? Exactly. Or Basically. like, why why would I why would I go through the problem of like figuring out where we can really sure. see eye to eye? You know, Ooh, especially God. if so much of my work is like making fun of white people and like talking about sure. this stuff. And you know, um, I have to say, you know, the first white boyfriend I had, he was really sweet and he was like a comedic actor uh-huh. and it ended with a little bit of that sort of competitiveness and just we were probably just too different anyway but uh-huh. you know I have nothing but love for him now like but like you know there were a couple comments toward the end where he was like really honest about what he thought of my career and what I did and saying stuff like saying stuff like well you know you probably get more opportunities because you're Asian 
Oh my God. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, white guy. You know, like. Yeah, I have a close that really friend hurt. that had that situation with her boyfriend. That, yeah, and that really like, hurt because number one, on a personal level, you're diminishing my efforts and my talent. Uh huh. And then on another level, politically, you're like, obviously, don't see things the way I see it, right? Right. So, and then I think, and then recently I did this one white guy where we dated for a little bit. It wasn't like exclusive, but. Um, I realized like the last straw was like we were like watching the Oscars together and he laughed at like kind of a racist joke. And I was uh, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Andrew, do you have like, because you also are very political Whoa. in your comedy. Yeah. Does it come up in your dating? Um, You've dated political people. Yeah. My my the the last really serious relationship I was in was with a white person who was very very politically active. She's like a labor lawyer. Oh, and I and and also had a lot more like formal education about like you know she was like a I think critical race studies major or something like that. And I was always just like Jesus, I'm so like I'm just struggling to. Keep I would up. date her if I was a woman. yeah. It's it's probably an option. So yeah, I liked women. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, was there problematic stuff in that really, even though she was like, like peak woke, mm-hmm. like were, were, were there still problematic things just because of the nature of like who she yeah. was and where she came from? I don't, I don't think so. Well, that's Those good. tended not to be the things that like were, cause, cause I think like someone like that who's put in so much work and it was pretty good about being like, I don't fucking know I'm white. Yeah. And, and you know, similarly all uh. the time, I had to get a lot better at being like, I don't know, I'm a fucking dude. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I love that, actually. I, I totally yeah. Do. So I think, I yeah. think on that level, things were really pretty functional. I mean, I think the one thing with that is actually sometimes there is a little bit of like, you can't always take your work home with you a little bit. Or there was uh-huh. there's an element of like, like it's hard to sync up like when you're being mad when you're with someone who's like very politically active or thoughtful and she'd be really upset about something and I would be like I agree with you I just like I'm not quite you can't feel the outrage right now yeah like right this second yeah there was a lot of like nodding along and like kind of feeling bad about it and same for her I'm sure like yeah but, no, that's the thing though. When you're when you care about politics, you care about the world, and emotionally that affects you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like a good partner in that, and I've known I've I've known this from like the men I've dated. It's like is someone who will just give you that space, mm-hmm. and maybe you know, and like it's like a bonus if they're also worked up. So like this last guy that I dated who's white, he's actually similar in this person you're talking about in that like, that's why like when I date a white person that like actually is probably compatible with me, they're probably someone who's done so much work. Does that mm-hmm, make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, like for example, they mm-hmm. were a major in critical race studies. Like, yeah. how many white people did do that? Mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that really narrows the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this guy I dated. You know, he was like a he was like a um, an urban history, like American uh-huh. history professor. And so he's already really smart, and he like studied everything and knows everything. His like, but some of his all, a bunch of his best friends were like super political, f- like intersectional feminist women of color. Cool. You know, amongst other things, and so. You know, it's also just like when certain topics come up, knowing that like, yeah, you can just back up, back off and just like, but what do I know? You know, and not like take so much space. Or have the skills to have the conversation. Like it's not like everyone needs to be like, 
great well, about stuff. No, 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 you no. right know, all the time. But yeah, yeah. Yes. It's okay to no, fuck I agree. Up. I agree. It just be like, I don't know. I can shut up for a second. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. It's like extra bonus if like they like make fun of white people or themselves. <laughs> but like like not too much because it's like you don't have to prove anything you know no yeah. no i know but it is like because that's is... annoying on the other end of it <laughs> totally but this is really honest courtney this is I, very honest. i like it this shit is real this is what i go through it's a very specific experience yeah you do know? you find when you date not white people but races outside your own race still yeah men of color but not asian yes mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, are there issues there? Like, are there, do you know what I mean? Even though you're not dealing with, like, someone who's been privileged in that uh, way? Yeah, it, I mean, it still depends, because sometimes they're just still straight guys, you know? So there's, like, those issues, you know? Uh-huh. They're just dudes. So, yeah. So that'll, that'll come up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not the same. Like, I dated Latinos where they were more on the lighter side. So they could probably pass as white. And so they'll they'll also kind of have a certain kind of privilege too. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a mix. It's a mixed bag. But definitely like, you know, men of color tend to be a little more already oriented to knowing like this is a lens that I, how I see the world. And, right. You know, and it'll be. I understand when not everything's not built exactly. for me. Yes. Totally. Um, I know. So you, <laughs> you bring. You you brought up when we were emailing a really I come across this article so yeah. I was so stoked when you sent it to me yeah uh, it's a Vox article about um, how our Google search results like like we lie to each other about maybe our real what we're really into sexually yeah totally yeah so apparently this guy who wrote a whole book about it, and it's called Everybody Lies. Uh-huh. Um, I'm getting no kickback from him, but it's just super fascinating <laughs> free, free. because he basically took aggregate data of all of our searches uh-huh. from Google, Pornhub, everything, Yeah, and just analyzed the shit out of it by region, by demographics, like cutting it all up just to be like, okay, guess what everyone's into? And he like lists different things. And it's like, who knew? Um, India is really into searching about breastfeeding for adults. That one's a... Who knew? Who knew? But like, you know, the argument that this person's also making is that like every single country, every single demographic has something that's considered weird or taboo. So therefore everybody's weird and no one's weird. Yes, I loved that point. And that he said like 30% of our search results are quote unquote disgusting. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. it's like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought it was fascinating that women were overwhelmingly worried that their husbands were gay. Right. And men were worried that their wives were crazy. Like that just seems <laughs> like they were like blowing off steam really yeah. in that search. That search. Is my husband crazy or, <laughs> or gay? Is my, yeah. is my wife gay, crazy? Yeah, I mean, I think what's, here's the thing. I really believe in like, I've nerded out about statistics before and like Uh statisticians, they're actually really good at like predicting humans, you know, Uh and like making definitive claims. And one of the things he was talking about is like, according to our search engines and like the frequency of it, Uh it actually actually shows that there's probably more gay men that are not out of the closet or in marriages. Especially in the South. 
than mm. we think. But also yes. everywhere, including yeah. places where it should be easy to to be out. Right. right. That's what he said in the article. Yeah. Yes. New York, California. Yes, but more right. Yeah, yeah. More probably more in Alabama yes. than yes, in California, yes, yes. but Definitely. still happening. Yeah. And uh, the so like uh, to to follow the gay thing. Uh, the wives were still more worried than they should be that their husbands were gay. Gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. All, all those layers of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like just the, you know, being afraid that your husband's gay, there's so much to unpack with that. So, oh, my God. Because you don't know where that could come from, you know? It could totally. be your sex life is not doing well, you're suspecting they're cheating, mm-hmm. you know, it could be just are really fucked up normative ideas about what men and women should be like. Yes. And then like, you know, women thinking that like their man's not being truly a man, you know, when they're perfectly straight. But like, you know, like, like there's so many reasons maybe. Right. Why American women are like researching these things. And I just think this stuff is so fascinating. I mean, just, you know, I've definitely gone on my journey of education around kind of like gender and sexuality, mm-hmm. especially with like friends who are LGBTQ, trans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like also just as a country, we've been educating ourselves more about trans oh issues God, and everything, yes. right? And I think that's why I've just been loving reading research or other more scholarly uh-huh. things to feed my brain so that I have like something to kind of put put a handle on things, uh-huh. you know? And um, But so that's why I love this article because it's like, Anything that kind of queers up, I feel like yes. our, our notions of our desires or who we are, the better. Because that's I think that's what's been ugly and and sad about the politics these days is that like still people still feel still feel like we have to be a certain type of woman or a certain type of yeah. man. And and I think the part that makes you a little embarrassed to be a straight person is lately. What? The, the, that, <laughs> that thing that you're talking about, like, like how clueless everyone is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like random things, like, like even on OK Cupid. Let's go back to OK Cupid. You know, they have the thing where if you take enough of the questions, they compare you to the rest of the general population. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know about this. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they put like little graphs uh-huh. to show like you're on this percentile of like oh, kinkiness, for uh-huh. example. Or ex- sexual experience, and I swear to you, this this isn't even a point of pride or shame. It just is. I didn't know that according to what I answered, which I won't reveal all the details of to you right now, <laughs> I ha- I was a little more like I was like more experienced than the general population uh-huh. in sex, and I was like. All my friends are way freakier than me. <laughs> like, and I thought I was like, "What?" I yeah. guess maybe like I'm on the less freaky side of like, but my in friends, LA, yeah, I guess or in LA, yeah. exactly. It's a big planet. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people who. And so I'll be surprised because I'll be like, "That's why there's all these like jokes, like jokes about how all these Cosmo articles are about like." you know, women not having, never having had orgasms mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know? Well, where I grew up, where, where did you? I grew up in Torrance, down oh, in yeah. California here. So I don't know if you had this experience, but uh, like where I'm from, people got married, like, like people are married to people that they were dating in high school. Yeah, totally. So for them, like reading that kind of stuff maybe is actually a little informative i don't know no that's true like yeah me too no i do have like hometown couple friends uh-huh not like personal friends but like people that i grew up with who they definitely married after high school and and this is torrance it's like the biggest suburb of la county it's not yeah. even that far from where we are right now and like um 
even if someone cheated, they still have almost like super minimal experience. That's true. Do you know what I mean? No, you're right. You're right. So therefore, exactly. So I guess if you're single for most of your 20s, living this hedonistic, you know, (laughs) godless godless life where you're dating and it's casual dating and you're having sex with different people before you're 30. You would then be maybe on the freakier could, side. Yeah, and then you could figure stuff out, right? Yeah. And you could share notes, real life notes. Whereas, yeah, if you get married at like 20 or 19, and you've only had a couple mm-hmm. of sexual partners from high school, mm-hmm. maybe you do have to figure out that your boyfriend, now husband, doesn't know how to use his tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. <laughs> you like really have to make it a point to discover all the stuff you're going to discover in your sex life. Um, and maybe that's why, maybe on the guy side, they don't, they didn't know they're gay because they didn't have enough time to explore. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh my god, so We're many just questions. Putting, putting two things together. Yeah. But uh, okay, so to queer up uh, yeah. the situation, uh, that other uh, not re- gay. Oh yeah, I read. This Let's book talk about not the gay. book. It's, it's from this researcher who works in sexuality and gender studies. Mm-hmm. And she's dope and amazing, identifies as queer. And she wrote this really, well, you know, readable, but like also, you know, you can kind of see the academicness of it. Sure. Book where she researched basically, basically is what happened. She saw some photos of um, very homoerotic fraternity hazing and military uh-huh. hazing. Uh, dudes. And she said to herself, what the fuck? Has anyone researched this stuff and theorized about it? Mm-hmm. Why do guys do this? Right? Mm-hmm. Why do why do supposedly straight men mm-hmm. in fraternities and straight men in, in the military like stick their thumbs in each other and grab each other's balls and mm-hmm. line up in a circle that way? Like, why do they do that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like... <laughs> You had me at jump. Let's do this. Yeah. I like. I was like, let me read the shit out of this book. Oh my god! Tell and it me was what like, you learned. So basically, this is my best sort of summary of what she discovered, and 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 it's so amazing to me because it's like I'm gonna hold on to her amazing brilliance in my brain forever when I think about these things. Um, the the way that she theorizes this is that men, so-called straight men in our heteronormative culture, uh-huh. need these. Um, spaces that are outside of our general society to sort of, it's almost like a firewall, you know, where you can give yourself permission to behave in ways that might be taboo or outside of what Uh the norm is, of what you supposedly think is okay. Uh Um, And and have the excuse that it's for the brotherhood. So that's the weird thing. It's that in these hazing situations for the frat and the military, doing these super gay shit is actually justified in their minds as a way to be better as brothers. Does that make sense? As a better, to be better men. So they're exploring their curiosity or whatever. Or not. Or it's kind of rapey. It's kind of like this sort of power dynamic of forcing the gayness behavior onto another so-called straight guy. And that kind of power dynamic and that kind of forced intimacy where everyone, it's almost like everyone is being gross so no one can be indicted. Mm -hmm. If we're all gross together, you know what I mean? Or doing taboo shit, then that means no one can like snitch because we're all in on this. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like committing a crime where you get everyone who knows what's happening to touch the body so that Uh everyone's an accomplice. Right. So 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 that's the weird thing about it is that you they they've created these spaces where 
it's almost like in order to define my ma- my hetero masculinity, uh-huh. I have to do the gayest shit. Well, or so, or like to bind us all together, we all have this secret, which bonding. is that we have all done the quote unquote worst thing, which yes. is be a little bit gay. Yes. And so <laughs> we have power over each other yep. in this. It's yeah, it is like it's touching like a, the body. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a bonding thing, and it's like and 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 you know, sh- there's all these reasons why my, my why men might want to create these things that aren't just simply to say that we're bonding for the brotherhood. Maybe some people are truly gay. Maybe this is just a way to like act those things out. But I think what's cool about her conclusion is that in the end. The gayest shit is what is needed to define heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. To heterosexuality is defined by gayness. It it requires gayness to define the the straightness. That's that's like blew my yeah. mind. She was like, it's not to think about heterosexuality not as the opposite or absence of homosexuality, yes. but its own unique mode of engaging. Yes. Yeah. It's not either or. It's not like one, you, you can choose either one or the other. It's that straightness is defined by gayness. Yeah. That's that might, so for me to be a straight man, it's actually to, to enact these kind of really homosexual practices uh-huh. defines my straightness. And she also speaks a little bit about fluidity and how yes. prevalent that is. Yeah. And I think, but, but I think what I also took away from her conclusion is that she finds it really like a problem that this is our, the way that in America we've defi- identified or defined straightness for men, right? Because what in the end, there's so much queer, there, there's so much gayness by everyone, but no one, not enough people are, define, are, are defining themselves or identifying themselves as gay. Does that make sense? So in the end, way more people are actually gay in their desires, mm-hmm. right? And, may, and honestly, in their practices. But they'll still say, I'm straight. But that's right. So, so to me, it sounds like even the outer ends of the Kinsey scale, especially yeah. on the straight side, right. really, really is like a number two over. Sure. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's by all that? still very pretty gay. Yeah, like there's there is some queerness even in your most straightness. Yes. Yes. Which is so I feel like that is the most zeitgeisty thing right now. No, it's, it's like amazing. yeah. The last in the media in the last like five years, three years? I don't know. There's just been this explosion. Yeah, and I think it's because of technology and how more people have platforms to uh-huh. voice things, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what's great. And it's and, awesome. Yeah, and that's what blows my mind. It's like her her conclusion to me was like that was a really big problem that the fact that in reality, let's go back to these Google searches. Mm-hmm. In reality, our sexual desires and our practices are actually warm, way more gay, way more majority of the time for way more majority of the population, but not as many people identify politically as queer. Right. And that's why she distinguishes between gayness and queerness. That queer, and this is my queer friends too who use that term, use it as a political identity, right? Uh As a political identifier. So I'm straight or heterosexual, you know, for the most part. Uh But that I identify with queer politics or queer adjacent. Right. Because I support and, and, and see the world according to this. I love, I love queer adjacent. Uh, yeah. Ian Harvey, uh, a trans actor was just on recently and he was talking about uh, his like most straight friend yeah. defining himself as queer adjacent because yeah. 
and having politically, career politics. Yeah, politically, uh-huh. it makes so much sense. Yeah, and I think that's cool. I mean, you know, there's still debates from the queer community about, you know, not queer folks, not queer identifying folks using that term to identify their politics. Yeah. So that's dicey. But I think in the right spaces, I think it's good to talk about things in terms of like, okay, what would queer politics look like even if you're, you practice, you're practicing mm-hmm. straight. That was another thing in that Vox article too. It was like a huge amount of le- of straight quote unquote women watch lesbian sex, which I uh, or lesbian porn, which I totally have. Yeah, and I've seen lesbian porn. Like uh, it's hot. Tw- it's totally hot. Yeah, and I've watched some gay porn. Yes, like male gay porn. Yeah, yeah. hot. Yeah. Anybody having sex flesh, just typically, flesh slapping, typically hot. <laughs> <laughs> Generally attractive flesh moving around. That yeah, he was like uh, less than twenty percent of porn watched these days features vaginal sex to completion with two people that could have a baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting that we're watching like almost everything, but it's not like procreative sex. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> what a time. What a time. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's almost like the the culture wars we're experiencing right now is this terrible, terrible backlash of like America's identity refusing to just reckon with itself. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we refuse to understand that the reality of who we are is all is brown, female, and queer. Mm-hmm. But like, they just, people are still in, in somewhat spiritual maybe, or agnostic, and not super Christian mm-hmm. or Catholic. And, and it's, like, it's like they're holding on for dear life to, 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 to have this idea that, we, that America and, and being American is this one thing. And it's like, you know, no bitch, like I'm in fucking Utah hanging out with the Mormons and the former Mormons talking about how like the Mormon kids are like making up weird things to do with each other's bodies so that they could not break the barrier of virginity. Oh God. Like who are we fooling? Okay. I think in like gay culture, gay male culture, there's like a term called docking, but for Mormons, they call docking basically sticking a penis inside a vagina, but not moving it. What? Yes, Courtney. It's pretty pretty intense as far as think like, about it like this loopholes go right it's like their way of thinking oh because there's no friction and thrusting we're still virgins we're not violating the tenets that god or whoever pe- mormon people would oh, to fuck. put down yeah like think about that that's like it just blows my mind that that's like that's what people have had to do that's what right now 2017 kids are like working like still doing mm-hmm. workarounds Workarounds. <laughs> People are doing workarounds. Totally. Oh my god. Um, so this has been awesome. Uh, tell a little bit more about uh, some of your activism work for our listeners. Would be oh awesome, god, Jenny. I don't really call oh, myself yeah. an activist, but but I just... you are. It's like the best time for the kind of work that you do. It's like so. This is a compliment. Oh, it's like so necessary. I I think for. Even I try to stay pretty engaged, but like I need political comedians to like keep it, yeah, you know, kind of light and lubed up enough that yeah. I cannot digest wanna, it. Yeah, so I get it's distilled. I can digest it and not want to cut myself. Right, mm-hmm. and release you know? some tension about it. Totally. Yes. Thank, thank you. That's a huge compliment. I mean, I feel like, I feel like you know. Um, Basically, my first career in politics and being like student activist girl and just deep diving into that for most of my 20s, 
um, prepared me for, I feel like, making sense of the world right now mm-hmm. quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. I majored in political science and policy. I used to work in politics. I used to write position papers and do research and lobby you mm-hmm. know, political officials. And that required a certain set of skills around, like, ingesting a lot of information and then just spitting out what the key things are, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think having that experience has really helped me to, like, read the world and have a kind of media literacy um, that I hope provides service to other people when I can do that digesting or that curating of information. Yeah. But hopefully put it out in a way that's entertaining or um, incisive, you know? And so that's my hope that I can provide that service, you know, um, uh-huh. whether it's through my Twittering or my Facebooks, you know? <laughs> or disoriented. Or disoriented comedy. Like that's, you know, we started in 2012, this first ever mostly female Asian American stand up comedy tour. And 80 independently produced shows later, you know, we still have sold out shows and we fulfilled this mark, this like untapped market, uh-huh. you know, unserved, underserved market of like Asian Americans who wanted to show up to a comedy show and not be harassed. Yeah. You know, not be the only Asian in a comedy club and be picked on by like the hack host or comedian oh, God. who wants to just pick on anyone who looks a little different and be like, what the fuck is your deal? You know? This is my crowd work. Yeah. <laughs> And so we've created the space for majority Asian American audiences to come out and enjoy a diverse set of stories where some people talk about being Asian, some people don't, Uh you know, and hopefully it's a space where it's thought provoking and smart and it, you know, it doesn't, it challenges you in the right way and it makes you feel like you're not just like some, you know, someone being like you're paying someone to harass you because that's what usually a lot of Asian Americans and people who don't look normal, quote unquote, to a, like a playground and mentality of mainstream comedy um, feel when they go, show up in like mm-hmm. comedy club spaces. So that's why we created that. And it's not really ex- explicitly political. It's just we're booking back to back to back to back Asian American comedians, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is like apparently revolutionary. No, seriously, when you look at lineups, I, yeah. I mean, especially I'm sure for us, but you see a lot of flyers in your Instagram feed or whatever social media feed. And it's crazy how many of them are still. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> there will be <clears throat> everyone is a white dude except like one, one or two. Yeah, and things have gotten a little better, you know, here in Los Angeles. I feel like the com- comedy community has been mixing a little more mm-hmm. between like all the different groups so that people know who to book in order to like make it more diverse. So that's good. And I feel like I've been a part of that. A lot of my friends have been a mm-hmm. part of that. And as an outgrowth of disoriented comedy, we're like, you know what? Let's just not feature only stand up comedians. Let's also feature sketch comedians, improv comedians, YouTubers, and mm-hmm. writers. Mm-hmm. So we create and podcasters. So we created the Comedy Comedy Festival, colon, a comedy festival, 2015 and 2016. It's it's essentially an Asian American comedy festival, mm-hmm. but it has that silly name because we're like, fuck it, let's just give it the most generic, universal sounding name because that's what white folks do all the time. And it's just essentially a white comedy festival. So why can't we use that universal language to center our story? Oh, I love that. Right? And then at our 14 different shows across four days, let's have one of the shows featuring one straight white guy and call it a diversity showcase. Fuck it. Yeah. Because that's that's the exact experience (laughs) that we have. And so, yeah, last year we had Joe Wingert as like an, Uh he did a one person improvised set, long form improvised set. And he was like featured at our diversity showcase. And it was... Uh Amazing. It was fun. But yeah, so that's what I do. And, you know, um, being able to, like, talk about even the comedy festival and share why we call it the the Comedy Comedy Fest as just a talking point apparently is, an, is activism because people just don't get 
store like Asian Americans saying that we're just centering our stories like or other folks like this is the world that I would like to live in you uh -huh. know where boys in the hood isn't boys in the hood but it could have been called boyhood you know yes not that little Texas boy <laughs> you right. know indie yeah. film boyhood right you know why can't we live in that world you know um why can't you know why does it have to be girls from HBO where it's really you know Hannah and her white girls but there's <laughs> You know, that's a much better name. Hannah and her white girls, <laughs> and then other, and then another another TV series that's getting picked up by HBO it's called Brown Girls. You know, it's almost like the 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 answer to sort of the criticism around the whiteness of girls. Like, yeah, like I want to I want us to get to a point where in our entertainment industry we're past this like like framework of like diversity. Yes. As much as that that's worked for us, like, but we're not quite post racial. So what's that in between? And so, I don't know. We're I'm, I feel like we're all figuring that out. Well, yeah. it's also like funny because like the amount of envelope pushing really, it's not so, it, it's like weirdly perceived as really revolutionary, right? And you're like, we're not pushing very No. Hard. It's like just a little bit. So mm -hmm. that that's the other thing too, It's which is why like like your comedy is like, viewed as like really activist, but you don't consider yourself activist, which is exactly like the two lenses, right? Totally. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like really revolutionary for like the improv. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it would have to burn that but, place but down. But like we don't like, live in a vacuum. So like, yeah. you know, I get it totally. Uh, but it's still valuable. It's like the way like, you know, if you're a female writer or if you're a female comedian, right. like, they're always asking, like, how does it feel to be a woman in comedy? And it's like, oh, you mean for me to just exist and be myself on stage with a right. microphone is subversive? Jesus. Like, yeah. but like there are still uh, most lady comedy groups or whatever are still like have some some form of vagina or uh, like mm -hmm. sex indicator in the yes. title. Like we aren't post that no you know like we aren't and i want to get us to a place where we could just start asserting the sense like that we're the center of the universe mm -hmm. at some point i'm not criticizing those who might add a modifier no, no it's not all, it's but, not a criticism but i feel like there's there should be room for us to yeah, just be like for all of this is a thing yeah. yeah you know it's like aziz ansari entitled to show master of none uh -huh. great mm -hmm. he didn't need to call it chutney guy in new york you know what i mean mm -hmm. like he didn't need to do that uh huh you know so i feel like we, we can we can do that now artistically and creatively um but still it's very much i'm asian as fuck you know <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like the comedy mm -hmm. comedy festival is very asian it's undeniable it's not like i'm saying i'm ashamed of it therefore i'm not going to name it anything asian right yeah Interesting. Thank I you know. so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Online at JennyYang.tv or at JennyYangTV on all the social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Awesome. I'm always online, so come say hi. Say hi to her, guys, <laughs> and listen to Andrew on Yo, Is This Racist? Correct. You can go back. Actually, Jenny and I did a pretty good episode. Uh, Just pretty right, good. Right after the... I thought it was they're, great. They're uh, <laughs> after The Great Wall came out. Oh my God, it went to the premiere. To uh, the premiere of The Great Wall. Uh, Matt Damon saves China. So, <laughs> such a fun episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. She that sort of had to pick you up off the ground, didn't she? Oh my God, I oh, totally yeah. listened to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were so bummed out about it. I was like, oh, maybe, uh, no, no, let's well, not end on that note. <laughs>
That was good. I, I really liked that episode. Go back and listen to it. That's it's all I want one. from people. That's all yeah, I want that from was people. Fun. And follow him on at yeah. Andrew T. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This is really fun. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks. Bye, guys. Heart-shaped hands. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.